Good to see you, madame and madame. Oh, uh, thank you. Would you like to hear tonight's special? Oh, uh, yeah, yes, sure, yes, please. We have a fresh salad of things that have been played. Oh, that sounds fancy. We have a roasted skits on a bed of silly voices. Oh, I do like that. With a queer trans sauce. Oh, it's very saucy. I, I, I don't have that terribly often. Indeed. Finally, we can offer you some things that have been listened to. Served in a little nest of various things that are delicious. Do you want them? Uh, sure. Very well. Thank you for choosing to dine at queer and pleasant strangers. Oh, I can't wait. Nom, 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 nom. Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Dale. And I'm not Jane Eris Magnet. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers. It's a podcast. Two queer trans ladies. We have a catch-up about our week and talk about the media we have consumed in the week. I am sleepy and very full of food this week. How about you? I'm sleepy and reasonably leveled of food. Huzzah! We should talk about some things we have played this week. That's we usually where we many start the show. This week, so let's yeah. talk about a thing. That we, what have you played? Tell what, us about what have I played? played? I've not scrolled up the list to where I've played things. Uh-huh. So. <laughs> You've caught me off guard. Uh, we played some things together. Uh, we we played a board game together. Played several. Uh, Quacks of Quenlinburg. Quenlinburg. Yeah. Yeah. D- yeah. Just quacks. Quacks is a game about making little potions that'll have various effects that you give to people to try and not make the cauldron explode. It is sadly not about ducks. It is not about ducks. It what is if about the quacks were quack. Quack medicine. Quack medicine. Uh yeah, so this is a sort of uh hidden objects in a bag game. It's a bag building test uh try your luck game. Or yeah. Push your luck game. So the idea is is that you are random you start with the same uh components in the bag as the other player, and there are tokens of different colours with different numbers on them. Uh the larger the number, the more spaces up the track you can move in a given turn. But if you get a value of more than seven in white tokens, your thing explodes. So you're basically trying to get as far around the track as you can. Uh Testing your luck to get, to get close to, but don't exceed seven. Oh. Um, as you progress around the track, you get currency with which to buy new tokens to put in the pool in your bag. Uh-huh. Uh, some of them have different abilities that might be like, get rid of a white token off the board so that you can sort of play a bit further if you play it at the right time, or get some bonuses if you play this right near the end of your potion, or if this is played after a certain number of oranges, you get to move extra spaces. Mm-hmm. And it's basically about strategically trying to build a bag that will get you as far along the track as possible. Yep, and try to dilute the bad things as much yeah. as possible. and put enough of the, the the right good things in there that you get whatever outcomes you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Be it getting rid of the, the white spaces off the board, or getting yourself uh, rubies that can be used to sort of make yourself start further along the board. You can move yourself some starting mm-hmm. spaces. 
Uh, every now and then you've got potion you can switch over, but then you have to flip it back using rubies that can undo a token you've pulled out of the bag in an emergency. As long as it didn't already, as long as that token didn't push you over the number. Yeah, so you can't use it for the thing that tips you over, but you could you could use it to prevent that happening a little mm-hmm. sooner. Uh, how did you find this? I really enjoyed it. I've I've been a bit sort of like oh, I don't know if I should get it. I don't know. I don't know if I want to because I'm I'm not. I do struggle with luck based games. I find that statistically I I have weird numbers on luck based games where I do really badly at them, and I know there's no such thing as luck. I mean, but uh, with with surprisingly high odds, <laughs> I get I get bad results. Yeah, um, on so many of that type of games, I've been like, no, I don't want to. And then the other day, I just came in and grabbed the copy, and I'm glad I did because it was yeah. a lot of fun. Uh, the 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 box is really nice. There's a, a huge amount of punch board when you first get that game. Mm. Um. The box is really nice. There's little, uh, like a number of bags in there for building your bags. They're all really nice. Got a very nice texture to them. Uh, one thing that I think really helped with the uh, having bad luck in a luck-based game is that this game has, I think, at least from that first game we played, a really good balance of uh, rubber banding, mm-hmm. uh, of making sure that whoever's in last place gets significant advantages that will help them keep pace with the pack and to, yeah. to sort of improve. Yeah, so basically um, you have, uh, playing the normal version, you've got a couple of tokens. You have your um, droplet, which is moving around inside your cauldron, taking up more space, pushing your start position closer to the end, which is mm. good. Um, but you also have uh, a rat token. So if, you, uh, if your opponent is uh, further along the scoreboard uh, than you, there is basically a chance that there will be uh, rat symbols on on that board, yeah. and the number of rat symbols between you and your opponent is the um, sort of position you can put your rat token on yeah. further up the board as a, as a nice starting point. It's, it yeah. really helps with the whole um, like pu- being able to push yourself forward. Yeah, it it basically means that like not only do you get an advantage because the other player is in first, but the bigger their lead is, the more spaces further forward you get to start your turn on to sort of give you a head start to catch you up and it never felt unfair as the person in first place it never felt like i was being cheated out of progress yeah because there was still the chance that you would start on your normal position without any bonuses and you would score as many points as i did which would mean that Actually, that that doesn't push anyone yeah. any further at all. Uh, additionally, there is a deck of cards that you turn over at the start of every turn, and largely those seem to benefit the person, uh, the people not in first place more than whoever was in first place. Mm-hmm. Uh, like there was one that was like, "Oh, this turn, double the rat bonus, so you start twice as many spaces uh, ahead mm-hmm. for how far back you are." Things like that. Um, I also really like the uh, risk reward balance of um, the punishment for for exploding your potion. Yes, which is it's not that you don't it's not that you get nothing on a turn where you you know accidentally go over seven. It's you have two choices. Uh, you can either score points for that round, or you can spend currency for that round to buy new pieces to put in your bag. Oh. You just can't do both, yeah. and having. The consequence of oops, I fucked up is I now have to make a difficult choice. I think is a really nice way to balance the game. Definitely, like um, it, it, there are some nice little ways that it it goes together. 
Um, but also, like, it's really expandable, too. Yeah. So we played the, like, level one settings, so all of the books set to level one. Yeah, so basically, per game, you'll have six books, and they were of different colours. So you'll have your basic orange and... Seven books. Seven books, sorry. Yeah. Uh, you'll have your basic orange and black. They will be um, specifically for... The orange is always the same. The black does have two sides on it, depending on the number of players. Ah. Um, and then you will have the uh, five extra books on that. Two of them don't come in until later rounds. Mm. So on the first round, you'll just have five to choose from. Then the sixth one will be added. Then the seventh one will be added. In That's um, yellow and purple coloured books. Yes. And basically, depending on what side the book is on there will be uh different instructions on how you break down the score of those particular colored tokens hmm. uh, but there's also like duplicate sets of the uh other colors other than black and orange hmm. so that you can basically go okay i played the number one game we'll play number two three four and then if you want you can start mixing and matching and, and messing yeah. around with that and I imagine you're going to get very different games depending on like what sets you've yeah. got and how many people you've got. And I'm very excited to give more of that a look. Yeah, that definitely seems like a nice way of building the complexity of the game because the core mechanics don't change. It's just a case of like, hey, uh, the introductory set of books gives you very simple things that each of the colours do where it'll be like, move forward for this many things or get rid of one white thing previous to it. And then you look at the other side, and it's like, oh, it's not necessarily harder, but there is more complexity of what can occur and a bit more um, strategizing to do around it. Mm -hmm. uh, and it just seems like a nice progression of, do you feel like you've got your head around this fairly simple game? Turn it up a little. Yeah. Um, and I'm excited to try some of those other sets. Yeah, I'm very excited to try that. I'm try excited to try the other side of the board with all the bonus stuff on there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there, there, there's like a lot in this as a base game to go, you want to do more of this? Um, there is an expansion as well, but gosh, I think we've got enough to be going I, I on. I think for so. They've, they've definitely packed a lot of ability to replay once you feel like you've got your head around mm, one absolutely. set of it, which I always appreciate in a board game. Yeah. There's, I think there's no wasted space. I mean, unless you are playing super regularly the same game, you could very easily play this all the way through um, with the, the four different book sets and the um, four different book sets with the flip side of the board. Um, I mean, how often do most people play replay their yeah, board games? Exactly. And then by the time you've done that, come back around to the first one. Yeah. And you'll probably have forgotten any hint of a strategy. Indeed. It's, it's a real nice little game, this. Yeah, it's really good. I'm yeah. very excited to play more of it. And there's just enough mechanics existing there to to make it not feel too too luck-based. There's Indeed. still some strategy to be done. Mm -hmm. The fun of uh, trying to feel your bag and go, right, how many, how many things do I think are left in there? And how many of the white ones have come out already? And trying to trying to test your luck on whether, whether you can risk going for another one out of that bag. If there's nine tokens left in my bag, how many of them are going to be bad based on what's How many out? of them are going to be bad enough to end me the run? Yeah. It's like, you know, I could pull a white one out and that's that would be fine. That isn't going to break me. Two, yeah, I'll have to stop after that. Three is the thing that will kill me and it's still in there, but mm. oh, do I risk it? Uh, uh, it's a fun little game. It really is. Uh, what have you played with you? Ah, uh, I've been playing some video games this Tell week. Tell us about video games. Ah, uh, I'll get this one out of the way nice and quick. I finished playing through Persona 5 Strikers. Yeah. 
Um, I... I Look, it's a it's a JRPG. When the game told me, oh, 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 we're right near the end now, I was like, we're not we're not killing God yet. I don't believe we're here. Yeah. And I mean, it did not disappoint me. Um, quite those the, are the rules. Yeah, it ramped up quite impressively. Ooh. Um, I really enjoyed Persona Five Strikers. Um, as someone who really likes the sort of style and the setting and the mythology and the like general characters in Persona 5. It's really nice to have a 30... I think I think it took me 35 hours uh, is my time on my save file to yes. get through the story. Mm-hmm. And it's nice to have a Persona game that isn't 120 hours yeah. that I can get through in a reasonable amount of time. Mm-hmm. And it, I felt like I got a full-length Persona story out of this. It yeah. was definitely a bit more condensed and pacey, but... Mm-hmm. I really liked the new characters they introduced. Um, they they didn't have too much of a uh, Dynasty Warriors self insert feel to them. They felt like legitimate parts of Always of the cast. Um, I very much appreciate how hard this game's plot leaned into a cab as just like a driving philosophy of the plot. Well, a cab, indeed. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot of like meme screenshots that I saw being shared like around the time this game launched that were like, aha, here's the cast of the game talking about how they don't trust cops. Mm-hmm. Um there's an entire like there is an entire cutscene later about like, aha, maybe I the cop am but maybe cops maybe cop bad that is oh, it was quite a thing to behold. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I've really enjoyed Persona 5 Strikers. I would I would more than happily take another 30 to 40 hour one of these. If they want to make a Persona 5 Strikers 2, I would happily play it. Mm-hmm. I I enjoyed the gameplay right through up until the end. I very much feel like, other than the lengthy days of off time that you spend doing social links and the JRPG gameplay, this is 100% just a new Persona game, and I'm very there for that. Mm-hmm. What about you? What you played this week? Uh, we played some other board games. <gasps> what did we play? We played through the board. We played through the Bureau of Balance game again. We did. Completely yeah. different setup this time. We had a very fun time. With we that. went to the Cave of Onesies and fought the Duck Lord. Yeah. Uh, so we've we've talked about this before. It is sort of a deck based card game that is basically just an excuse for role play. Yeah. You 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 pick a setting. You pick a villain. You pick a relic and. You tell a story together with your characters you've made up on the fly with predetermined stats. Mm-hmm. And I continue to really like this. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, I had a lot of fun. There, there was like a whole chunk where I, I don't know if it was just like the character I'd picked specifically or the um, just the, the sets of, of but- relics and, and uh, the combination of, of, of relic and, and uh, main bad guy. Uh, main villain that that had sort of just was just like okay none of my special skills are coming yeah. up we accidentally picked a combination of things that pla- paired very badly with your character's yeah, abilities uh, uh, yeah i spent a lot of time just going oh i can't really do anything luckily it basically got to a point where you had so many special items that you'd picked up from winning things i was like okay now i can have some of your uh, leftover bonuses and then you were able to sort of get back into it yeah but... and and 
weirdly shortly after that things started coming up yeah. that I could actually deal with. Yeah, but I think thankfully like one of the strengths of that game is that even when your character can't necessarily do anything on their turn, uh, because of the assisting with other players mechanic, mm. you've still got to be a part of, I'm going to help do this thing, I'm going to contribute to the narrative. Yeah. You've got to be involved still. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I played a, a slime wizard. I I played a cat rogue. You did. I played mittens. Mittens the tabaxi. Mittens the tabaxi. It was adorable. I, I really enjoy that because there is so little stat rolling in this and the only thing that really matters is come up with a story for your character and then use that little morsel of story to justify everything you do going forward it really forces you to just like oh yeah by the numbers you're probably going to be fine you can't really do much about the numbers just roleplay the shit out of this and uh, I am very excited to play this with a larger group of people once Definitely. we can yeah, once yeah. we can say have the nerds around again. Mm-hmm. It it has been a nice uh, catalyst for storytelling. Cats, 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 cats. Uh, I've played anything else. Uh, I played like three hours of Fall Guys season four, mm-hmm. which uh, released the day before we record this episode. How are the beans doing? They're doing good. They're doing good. Uh, I got to dress my bean up like a little frog. It was adorable. Adorable. It was big eyes. Um, so yeah, season of, of Fall Guys, we've talked about it before. It's a game about stumbling your way through various obstacle courses, trying to be the last one left. Uh, season four has a very, like, 80s vision of the neon future kind of aesthetic to it. Mm-hmm. Um more so than perhaps any of the other previous seasons, I think that this one feels very mechanically different. They've come up with a lot of new, unique ideas for minigames that have been really fun. Uh, mm. There's one that is a uh, a couple of laps of an obstacle course race, where you're trying to sort of do a couple of laps of this track as fast as you can. Mm. Um, there's one where you've got to like manage to grab a battery that there's not enough for all the players and then sort of run around and you're lighting up squares underneath you while you have this battery and you've got to... It had a very Splatoon feel, that one. Oh. It's cover as much of the floor in your team's colour as you can. Um, as much as I like really enjoyed the, the new Season season 7 um, levels, what I perhaps enjoyed more is they've introduced, uh, currently only for two weeks, but I really hope it sticks around as a main mode, is squads mode, Mm -hmm. where you have the same 60 or so people going in at the start, but you play as teams. And you can do this with randomly paired up people or with people you already know. And basically, the the way they do this is that your team earns points as you cross finish lines on events. So uh, if you're the first person out of 60 to cross the finish line, you'll get 60 points for your team. If you're the the final person, you'll get one point because it sort of decreases in numbers the, the later you go over the line. Mm-hmm. They add up everyone's totals and go, your team got the fewest, you get kicked out. Uh, it's a really nice setup in that it means that one person having a bad round doesn't automatically mean they're going to get kicked out of the game if the rest of their team's doing well. Ooh. Um... I was definitely finding it much easier to get to the final round of games. Um, the way that they handle rewards on it is because you've got four times as many people and they don't want to give out four times as many rewards, you get basically a third of a crown uh, in shards if, you're, if your team wins. Mm-hmm. So you have to win three times as many, but you've got four people on a team helping you get there. And because it's all teams of four, you've got f- a quarter of as many teams to, to, to defeat to win. Mm. Um, I really enjoyed playing squads. It 
it was really nice if I happened to finish a level early, having other people to root for, because it would then move the sort of camera following other players and be like, oh, watch one of your other teammates and see how they do. Mm. Um, there is incentive to help your, like, rather than trying to get yourself over the finish line first, pay attention to your teammates and if they're struggling, help them to do things. Mm. Um... I really enjoy squad modes, and I hope it sticks around. It sounds very supportive. Yeah, I I'm very up for playing some squads with uh, with the lovely Podquisition crew. I might try and get them to 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 do a squads uh, game with me at some point. Squad. Yeah. What about you? What have you played this week? Uh, we played some more uh, Steampunk Rally Fusion. How did oh, we go through on that? We did. Uh, we played through. Um, I, I played as someone who invented the air ambulance, I believe. Mm-hmm. I, I don't remember about your character. I can't remember my character. That's all. Um, yeah, you had a really nice little. Um, yeah, I got a nice little engine, engine going. going on there. So basically, whenever I was selling a card. I was also being able to get a cog and a and a uh, die. Yeah, like the chances of me pulling both of those cards was very small, but I'm very glad that I got them because it made yeah. my life so much easier. Uh, I yeah, I continue to very much enjoy Steampunk Rally Fusion. Mm-hmm. Um, we we had a very fun game of it. Yeah, it's it's fun and silly and basically. Building these ridiculous um, steam engines yeah. to try and go on a little race and try and get as far yeah. past the finish line as possible. Uh, there was a cool mechanic on the track this time that we hadn't come across in previous games where uh, there were jumps oh, yeah. to be made. And it was basically, um, here's like five spaces in a row that have exclamation marks on them. If you finish your movement and you're on one of those spaces, you didn't make the full jump and you have to go back and try the jump again so it's mm-hmm. it's basically hey if you want to go that route fucking be ready to do the whole movement in one go yep which is a fun little challenge it's, it's also like because there was one bit where it was like five spots you had to get over yeah and it was like okay we really need to make sure that we're like powered up on stuff and and yeah maybe taking like less time to get there but it, it helps make the rest of the game a bit more like, okay, I'm going to fucking do this. And the other thing is, like, the, the down ramp on that, I think, also had, like, some damage. Yeah. Which made sense. Like, you've done this huge jump. You're going to land possibly a bit wonky and do yourself some damage. So it was a chance for me to just go, okay, I've blown all of this stuff. I've put tons of dice in this. It's all clogged up. I could either spend some time venting it or I could just let it blow up now and keep moving and, and hope for the best. Yeah. Uh, it worked out. <laughs> yeah, I feel like there's still a lot of this game we haven't seen. And so I'm ex- much game! Yeah, like, particularly just the sheer fucking number of playable characters yeah. uh, is going to keep this feeling fresh for a while. Yeah, it felt like the base game had a lot in it, but, but we've got the Atomic Edition, so it's the entire base game plus basically an entire new game. Plus a the, bunch of bonus stuff. Plus, yeah, plus all the uh, Kickstarter backer stuff and any promo stuff from the previous. So it's, it's basically a double-sized game of the same thing. Yeah. My review of that will be up shortly. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, you played anything else? I don't think I've played anything else. I think that's the main stuff I've played. What about you? I I'll, know you've played I'll, some other I'll things. I'll rattle through a few other things. i played some Populous, classic bullfrog god game. Oh, yeah? Of raising and lowering terrain until you win. 
Yeah, you you did win. I did win. I won several times, and they went. I, yeah, I can see that I I was into this as a kid, but no, not. Yeah, right I, now. I. It's a much shorter slash more winnable game than I thought it was. Apparently, I mean, I've I've never really had a problem with it. I just it's. It's not a super interesting loop once you understand how how all the mechanics work. Yeah, I think like when you're first playing it as as like a younger person necessarily, or you've not had any experience learning how it works, it can be a bit well, more daunting. Once once you know what the mechanics are, it's like oh, I know exactly what I need to do to win this. Yeah, and then it gets kind of boring because you just yes. do it over and over. And you over just again. do the thing that gets you to win. Yeah, I do the win thing, then yeah. I win. The end. <laughs> Uh, I played some Dungeon Keeper, classic Dungeon Keeper, also a bullfrog game. Yeah, you tried playing some. I played, like, a level of that. <laughs> and the best thing about it was Richard Riding's voice. Oh, yeah, indeed. Like, oh, it's it's all right, but... It's, it's, it has aged. It's, oh, God, it's so ugly. It's very difficult it's... to look at, and it's so brown. We we have been spoiled by later games, and it's tough to look at this now. It's really weird, because for years I was like, I don't care about graphics. I don't care about graphics. I, don't... I couldn't afford anything with graphics. Mm-hmm. So for years I was just like, I'd play 16-bit games. Like, I would get a new PC, and I'd play Command & Conquer Red Alert 2, and then just ZSNES. Everything would be ZSNES stuff, <laughs> and, and gens, I think, for, for yeah. Mega Drive games. So, like, at some point in the last decade, I've had a couple of PCs that just about played modern games, and now if I try and go back to to a lot of that, especially early PC stuff, I'm like, wow, there's some stuff I can still do, like Command and Conquer Red Alert Two still, you know, looks alright. Like I can go back to say there, but like. Dungeon Keeper is a very specific age of game where it's like, oh, 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 you've, oh, you don't hold up well. It doesn't, but then, like, I'm, I'd be curious to know what year that launched compared to, like, other things that have aged really well. Like, because 16 bit stuff works really well. Like, SNES graphics still hold up really well. Yeah. I'm pretty sure most of that is older than Dungeon Keeper. Indeed, indeed, yeah. It's it's weird to think about how these things sort of age, like, uh, like, mid to late 90s stuff yeah it's like, oh okay that doesn't look great but yeah you were trying things with 3d and the concept was very i might try dungeon keeper 2 see if the graphics are any more bearable <laughs> because it's a fun little game yeah. failing that i will just play whatever the modern remake of it was that isn't yeah. the mobile game <laughs> what no no don't you keep a mobile no for you. no no. <laughs> um, I also played uh, some Star Wars Squadrons. I didn't like it. No, no. I played it. I was like, oh, I want to play some Rogue Squadron. It's more X-Wing versus TIE Fighter. Yeah. It's... And also it spends, like, the the start of the game is very much like, you're going to play as as both the, the, the Empire as a TIE pilot and, and also the Rebellion as an X-Wing pilot. And I got one mission as a TIE pilot. I was like, that's alright. <laughs> I don't like my character and I don't like my boss. And then immediately moved on to X-Wings for like mission after mission after mission. I was like, oh, did we go back to the other thing? Or is... <laughs> okay. Yeah, and then it's... I just didn't care because the plot wasn't engaging me. I didn't like most of the characters. At one point I went, oh, someone's getting they, them pronouns. Checked it. Yes, they are. They, they do use non-binary pronouns. Also, oh. the acting's real fucking weird. Mm. It's, um... 
everyone feels very excited to meet you and talking in a very deliberate, overpronounced way. It kind of reminded me of um, Wing Commander 3. <sighs> I, for me, it gave me more the, the, the feeling of like, a uh, horror film set in an overly like happy smiley town where you've mm. realized they're hold- hiding a dark secret. So yeah. Also like there's that alien that talks way too humanly. I I, I mean there's a you few. You made that argument. I just like there's, I don't think that's the worst thing about that character. I, I okay, yeah, there's other bad things about that character, but the voice mm, some of the voice acting is just hello, I'm very happy and I work in the EA department that made this game here's my voice the other weird thing about that was like i remember sort of standing in the the hangar bit and then sort of going into um the briefing room and i turned around to you at one point and went was this originally released for vr Mm -hmm. (laughs) because it's really got that you stand still if you want to interact with thing you click on the thing and then we will take you there and you will be in a new place and the, the dialogue they say is very um we're gonna talk about the. Th- we went exposition, past. Exposition. We went past Yavin Four. You know about that, right? You wasn't, remember Star Wars. Wasn't that mission? We just went on fantastic. Yeah, I'm so excited. Yeah, so I, I got like three or four hours into that, and then just uninstalled it because I didn't care. It's not Rogue Squadron. It's not you know third person arcade do some shooting yeah i'd love another rogue squadron oh same or even to just get a a gamecube and play um rogue squadron 2 and 3 yeah holds up really well from what i hear yeah uh, pretty good yeah um yeah that was all right and then i played uh some um last jedi Uh, fallen order fallen order jedi fallen order hmm yeah didn't like it no no Again, played three or four hours of it and went, I don't care. Yeah. So here's the thing. I wanted to like that game more than I did. I enjoyed the the mechanics of the the combat. I felt that it was like a well-made, polished, um, in terms of like action set pieces adventure game. I did not give a shit about the protagonist in the slightest. Didn't give a fuck. It was a a strange... the strange character, strangely animated. I don't know if that's like the facial scanning or what, because it really felt like the top half of his face wasn't animated. Yeah. But then you look at other characters and like they're blinking and like you feel, see their cheekbones moving and like the pause on characters. There's, there's a lot about this game that feels very much like a AAA executive wanted a game in a certain genre that was very polished, but like it, it feels like there's no heart behind it in places. It's just. Yeah. We're making a big budget version of the thing so that we can have a big budget version of the thing on our books. Where's our Soulsborne game? People like yeah. those, right? Where's our Souls meet Zelda? We, we those are things people like. We'll we'll make a one of them. Yeah, and I've been sort of curious. I think partly because we've been watching the Demon Souls, um, yeah. the, the Woolly Plays um, one, and just been like, that looks fun and interesting. I will try the one that we have on on have recently you- on EA Play because it comes free with the Game Pass now. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, yeah, look, and then I just, I, I got to one particular level and I spent maybe an hour fighting the same three enemies and dying. Well, 
if you, like, I don't If care. you want to try a better game in this genre, I'm happy to help talk you through Demon Souls if you want to give it a try. Well, you'll have to bring the PlayStation down at some point. I I, I don't <laughs> think I need it for work anytime soon, so I can bring it down. We can do some, some, de- some Demon Souls. Hi. I've been meaning to, 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 to go through that again. I'm, oh, ha- yeah. I'm happy to be your guide. Yay! Uh, what else? Oh, I've started playing Nero Tomato. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're a decent chunk of the way in. You, I, you've put some, some good hours in. Uh, some some time has passed. I have just got to a castle and fought a person. How how are you getting on with it? I'm really curious what's going on. I don't trust anyone anymore. Yeah, it does a very good job of like fucking, fucking trust no one. Everyone's everyone's got shit going on. I think I was like less than an hour into that game and I was already like, am I? Am I supposed to kill these things? I don't... Oh, you, I were don't 20, know you were 20 minutes in and you were asking if you were meant to kill all the robots. I don't feel like I'm supposed to kill the robots. They're not doing me any harm. I mean, the game doesn't really take any time, waste any time going, hey, maybe we shouldn't kill all the robots. But exactly why that is, is... Uh, I mean, like, I don't think there'd have been anything at that point, but there was a couple of times when enemies just didn't attack me. And I was like... Yeah. So we just... So I can't talk to you. So the interesting thing is a lot of people, like there's a lot of discussion about that early section of the game over whether that is deliberate foreshadowing or whether it is um, early level, try and give you some time to give for you to get your bearings by not having the enemies attack you straight mm-hmm. away. And like, I think both are really like, but perfectly valid readings. Okay. But you have to kill them to progress. <laughs> you have to kill a certain number of them to progress. Yes. Okay. I was just checking. Because, like... I mean, you don't have to kill all of them to progress. Well, I mean, there was uh, the one where you find the, like, village of robots and one of them's rocking a baby and the rest of them are simulating fucking. Yes. And then they all have a baby together. They, they Yes, they birth they birth a very human-looking robot baby. The, yeah, G.I. Sephiroth. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um... <laughs> But then, like, that character, until you start that fight, that character will just stand there. Yeah. In fact, you have to hit it quite a lot before it does anything back to you. Yeah. This game is real interesting. It's weird and it's eccentric and over the top, but it's... Oh, it's fascinating. I just spent, like, a lot of the first... 10 hours or so of that game going, I don't know what you want from me. Yeah. So for anyone who's never played Nero Tomata, which is probably <laughs> vague summary, it is a, a game developed by Platinum who typically do stuff like Bayonetta, very um, tough character action stuff. This is definitely one of the like less uh, mechanically challenging of their this, games. This definitely feels less character action and more... like It's got all the, the, the animations of character action, but it much more feels like a, um, a shmup. It, it's a shmup, but it's got some of like the, the dodge mechanics that you would expect in like a Souls game. Um, in terms of the, the pacing of, of placement in boss fights. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and also it's sometimes a top-down shooter. Um, or a side-on yeah, shooter. Yeah, it is set in a world, and this is like very, very early stuff. It's set in a world where aliens came down and sent robots down to Earth, and humanity fled to the moon and were like, hey, we want Earth back. What if we made androids and sent them down to Earth to fight the robots? Yeah, I think if you like leave it on the title screen, it goes into attract mode. There's a video on there, I think, that says the year's like 11649 or something. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's far in the future and and things have happened. Yeah. Basically, it's far in the future and humanity's not fighting its own war against the 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 alien robots. It's like, what if we made our own things to fight the robots? What if it was hot robot on robot action? You can take the definition of hot robot however you want. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, There's so many things I like about that game. Um... One of my one of my favorite things that is like obviously not a spoiler very early on. Um, you can build out the build of your character basically by swapping in components into the android mm-hmm. you're playing as. Yeah. And the way that that works is you have a certain amount of memory space in your head, and if you're like, okay, I want to you know uh, have extra health, uh, I've not got quite enough room for the extra health module. I'll just take, take one of my HUD elements. Yeah, out. I'll just take the the mini map off. I won't have a mini map anymore, but that'll give me more space for extra health. Which is like, I like that as a mechanic. I think it's, that's neat. It is neat. You can also unplug your CPU if you want. Yes, you can. Uh, <laughs> that will have consequences. Yes. Um. Yeah. It. I. I started doing a replay of that like a year ago, and I got like halfway through the game, and I didn't get back to it. And seeing you play has got made me go, I really like this game. I I want to do it again, so I'm gonna I'm gonna pick it back up. It's very brown. I mean, like I get that it's supposed to have that sort of like, or in a lot of places, it's supposed to have that like really arid look to it. It's very brown until the moments it's not. Like, don't get me wrong, there's some lovely lush greens. I, I, the <laughs> bit I have loved most recently was walking into the um, dying shopping mall. Yeah, I was like, ah, this is my jam. I love this shit. Yeah. It, the further you go into this game, the more variety of environments you get. Uh, yeah. Very early on, there was that um, amusement park or theme park that you yes. went through. That's wonderful. I love that area. I do like that. It's uh, visually dream, and in terms of its tough. audio... That's another one where it's like, but I'm surrounded by things that aren't attacking me and I feel very uncomfortable. I don't know know what this game wants from me. The game is very good at playing around with that. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I like Neural Automata a lot. (laughs) Yeah, I'm curious to know what what happens. How long is it, roughly, to play through? Ah, gosh, I can't remember off the top of my head. Let me let me do a Google. Keep talking about the game for a second. Um, yeah, it's it, we have our emotional support twink, uh, <laughs> 9S, who um, and and also the, sorry, just jambling thoughts now. The whole fact that like if you want to find a like a unlock bits of the map, you find these robots attacking a vending machine. You kill the robots attacking the vending machine. Then you unlock the vending machine to use. And if you want to fast travel later in the game, once that unlocks, you <laughs> climb into the vending machine and appear somewhere else. <laughs> uh, right. And I like oh. to imagine that emotional support drink goes in the little side bit. <laughs> uh, it's been a while since I've played, so I wanted to double check. Uh, f- uh, main story, about 20 hours, right. uh, about 40 hours to do everything. I feel like I must be near the end then. Uh, you are, like, I, I feel like you're, like, over halfway through the... The, the through seeing the the set of credits, yes. I think. Yeah, I've seen a set of credits. You've seen a set of credits. I I I I died. I during the first mission. I think you are over halfway to your primary set of credits. That first mission is hard. Yeah, for someone who isn't 
good at these things and I was very annoyed that I'd got all the way to the boss of it. So the bit that would have allowed me to save. Yes. And then, like, I'd failed it because I just didn't do very well. I hadn't got the hang of all the combat mechanics in that first it, thing. It didn't and help it that you didn't know about the... It didn't, it didn't help that you didn't know the dodge mechanic. Yeah, I'd kind of lost the dodge mechanic at some point. Because yeah. there's a lot of shoulder buttons to hang on to. The, the biggest thing I say to people if they're interested in checking out Nero to Martyr is the first 40 minutes do not have any saves or any checkpoints. And if you die in that first 40 minutes, you're going to have to redo the first 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. And that is a potential point of frustration that I know has put some people off the game. Don't let that colour your experience of what the rest of the game will be like. That is... A poor... Uh, it feels like a poor design choice. Um, I get why it exists, but... um, Yeah. Be be wary of that going in. Mm-hmm. That's everything I've played this week. Well then, time for this. You know, you know what? I reckon today's going to be the day. Never. Never, weird fancy spoon. Never. You, you, your handle's too long. Uh, no, I'm pretty sure today's going to be the day. Uh, your heard... weird size and the except your weird spoon. Uh, uh, I heard they're, they're making some kind of blancmange today. Maybe I'm a blancmange spoon. They've never had a blancmange before. But they've had angel delight. It's much the same thing. Oh, that's distinct. Maybe I'm very specifically a blancmange spoon. It seems very strange that I have one specific spoon for dessert. They've outwardly said they don't like. I, I, I mean, there's got to be some reason that they, they kept me in the drawer. You know, they haven't, they haven't thrown me out. They clearly think they might use me someday at some point for some reason. Ridiculous! You're a dreamer, you're a dreamer! <gasps> oh, 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 drawer's opening, drawer's opening. Oh, I really need something to just dig the waste disposal out. <sighs> Yay! I told you it wasn't blamange. It's wobbly, but it's not a blamange. <laughs> sure you don't want to use the other spoon? <sighs> I mean, I got some use out of you. <sighs> no! <laughs> so, you don't like my video games? <laughs> well, quake in fear, tiny fool. I shall destroy everything you know and love. I shall bring about an end to you through spurious copyright claims. You shall be left poor, destitute. Once everything you have created, this tower of shit shall be torn down. And you shall come crawling to me on hands and knees, begging for forgiveness, begging, begging me. But I cast you away, you will not touch even my feet, you disgusting thing. I will have defeated you. Nah. But, 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 but no, because I'm, I did the thing. I didn't, I was very, I, I got YouTube to do a bad at you. I mean, I've got a lawyer. I've got to put back up. No, not the liars. No. <laughs> so, <gasps> what have you put in your eye meats? Uh, we watched Raya and the Last Dragon that together. Was beautiful. Yeah, so this is a new Disney Pixar film and mm-hmm. it is visually stunning. If you're going to make a film where the whole thing is about water... You better know how to render fucking water. Oh my and god! Oh boy, do they know how to water, render water? Water, smoke, various other things that flow. Hair in water. Yeah. Uh, wet fur. Wet fur. Oh, this. Just from a visual technical standpoint, this is one of the most gorgeous films I've ever seen. There are multiple shots where, if not for the stylized human characters, 
I would have been hard pressed to tell you it wasn't video footage. Uh, yeah, I think like any of the characters, like when it's just like wide shots of the boat. Yeah, I think you would be hard pressed to look at a still of that and go, "That's not a real thing." <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Raya and the Last Dragon is a film about uh, a world that used to have dragons in it, and then and then the Fire Nation attacked. I mean, then the weird smoke cloud that turns you all to stone attacked, and the dragons gave themselves to save all the humans, uh, and all the nations. Ah, oh, they were all saved, but then they all started fighting over the last thing that a dragon left behind, and ah, uh, nation in turmoil. Got to make them all friends again. Mm-hmm. That's basically the story. Uh, it's and then got, the Fire Nation attacked. Th- then. Basically, the Fire Nation attack. It's got a very Avatar feel to it. It's le- very gay hair in this as well. Yeah, it's it's got that whole like go to all the various parts of the nation and go to get the the thing from each one. Um, it's got Kelly Marie Tran who does a really fantastic job uh, as as its lead. Uh, it's got fucking Aquafina plays a dragon who I mainly know from the song My Vag, which is a, a rap song about how great her vagina is. It's very odd seeing her as a cartoon dragon as a movie lead. Also, the the human version of that character is fascinating. Oh, uh, I love the hair. Wonderful facial animation yes. on that character. And the big baggy like sleeves too long yeah. jumper. Uh, it's a look. I really <laughs> like the ensemble cast of yes. this. Um they have a very endearing they do. set of characters. Yes. And and like it very much adheres to that whole thing about designing characters that you can spot from their silhouette. Yeah. Uh, the set pieces and the fights are gorgeous. Mm. Um, the antagonistic uh, thing that turns you all to smoke, very gorgeously animated. Yeah. In a unsettling, terrifying kind of way. It is. It's like overly warm bubblegum pulling itself apart and putting itself back Yeah. Um, and look, some of, some of the plot points in this were a little like you could see them coming a little ways off. But the execution of them was so good that I really didn't care. Yeah. I, when I know what's coming, but I still find myself like, oh no, I'm doing a little cry now, it's actually happening. I'm charmed by the thing. Yeah, it's, oh, it's a real good film. Mm-hmm. It's real good. Yeah, really Pix- good. Pixar continues to make superb stuff. Well done, Pixar, you get a gold star. Yes, you do. Uh, what are you? What you watched this week? Uh, we watched The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yes, we have seen the first episode of that. Yeah. Uh, uh, I I think it's my feelings on it are best summed up by a tweet I saw, which it's was not uh, not one division <laughs> really suffers from being not one division. It. WandaVision was great because it had a very distinct idea of what it wanted to be. It didn't feel like yet another Marvel property. It uh, it was fun. It was creative. It was about characters that I cared about. And it gave me a, a really strong hook as to why I should care from episode one. Had me had me in. Uh, Winter Soldier and Falcon. These are two supporting characters that I have no idea why I'm meant to care about, and mm. their plots are not really going anywhere, and I don't really know what the point of this series is. Yeah, yet. for me, I did, I did feel that that like this felt very much like a um um a Marvel or One Division felt very much like a Marvel movie, but One Division had like a heart and like it was driven by love and of of media of yeah. of of a person. It. And then you had the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which is boys do fighting. 
Here's and the, I don't care. Here's the thing. I I'm gonna keep watching. I didn't hate the first episode. It just it really wasn't up to the standard of WandaVision. No, it'll kill some time until Loki comes around. Yeah, because again, Loki, much more charismatic character, much more interested in seeing. Because yeah. um, I feel like, if I had to guess, the point of this series is probably going to be two people who have Captain America baggage come together to work through their Captain America bag- baggage. Yeah. Which, like, eh, f- fine. That Also, I feel like th- this would be better as two separate series. Well, yeah. Like, right. I would probably watch, say, The Redemption of Bucky. Yeah. And I would probably watch... The life outside of the Avengers and what do I do now? My best friend's I, gone. Of 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 Sam. I I suspect that once these two stories converge, maybe mm. I will enjoy this more. Maybe. But right now, it feels like we're jumping back and forth between two very separate stories that don't really seem to have anything to do with each other. Yeah. And that, uh, they didn't give any real sense to me in episode one of. Here is w- why this is going to be one story. Well, we saw a picture of Bucky in the museum. Yeah. When Sam's there for the whole handing in the, the shield thing. Yeah. And we we had a whole thing with Bucky's therapist where it was like, Sam's been trying to call you and you've been you've been ignoring that. Yeah. So... I, I, I keep trying to compare this to other Marvel stuff and I'm like... WandaVision felt like, say, um, so- something like the first Guardians of the Galaxy or something. Um, like, not. Uh, uh, let, let me elaborate on that. I was going to say, didn't um, like the first in, in that it felt like it had, like, a very clear vision. It was trying to Bam. do something. Yeah. Uh, it was trying to do something very different. It had its own sense of identity of what it wanted to be, and it's like. You know, for, be- for whether you enjoyed it or not, I think it's tough to deny it had, like, a very clear identity and characterization and it, it felt like it existed for a reason. Yeah, it was it was it was nice. It yeah. was a lovely story. It was really lovely done and it was an homage to like yeah. old TV sitcoms. Yeah. So that it was fascinating to look from a cinematography point of view and just yeah. the weirdness of what was going on in that. And this is This this is like Iron Man 2. Ooh. This is um, I've tried to watch that twice and this, I still haven't this, seen the end of it. Right now it feels like this is a follow-up sequel that only really exists to to sort of continue an existing Marvel thing. It it this feels like the you probably don't need to watch this and you'll be fine of the Marvel films. Yeah, but like the like overall I I was left with a feeling of this is very in between for WandaVision. Yeah. But this is like the, where is uh, I can't I, I can't think of another comparison within the MCU of what WandaVision is, but to me, um, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier is Age of Ultron. Oh, yeah. It's very in between and I don't give a fuck. I, I mean, yeah, it's kind, it's, it feels like it's treading water and maybe it'll improve. I really hope so. Yeah. Because they've clearly spent money on it. Oh, yeah. It's gorgeous from a visual standpoint. Mm. It's New really York City. It's 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 <laughs> technically impressive superhero stuff. Yeah, no, the flying stuff is alright. It's got the budget of a Marvel film. It yes, doesn't it does. feel like they have skipped on the budget for a TV show, which is nice. No, and it's got more character development than ninety nine percent of Marvel movies. Have I mean, look, in the last ten years. Even comparing it to Age of Ultron, this has a lot more like fucking actual characterization than Age of Ultron does. Yeah. Like, as as much as I'm kind of ragging on this first episode, 
Uh, it at the very least uh, like built it, it put up two character motivations that I'm like, oh, I understand what both of these characters are doing here and what mm. what's going on with them. Mm-hmm. I like you 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 have justifications for these characters. Yeah. Well, they've done episode one now, so hopefully by next week we'll be going. I'm glad I'm still watching this. Yeah, I. I'm hoping that the two stories converging and the payoff for the, the, the stinger at the end of episode one will be enough to get me a bit more invested. Yes. Because, like, that stinger has some room to be interesting. Yeah, and I've watched a couple of, like, um, explanation videos about that, like, what that character is. It's like, oh, okay. Still don't care. Like, yeah. I'd, I'd be interested to see what happens with it. Yeah. Because apparently there is quite a lot of versions of that character. So it's like, okay, where will we take this? But right now, like, as has been pointed out, like, there's some of the cinematography things are certainly do seem to be giving a clue for which way certain things are headed or what the ultimate goal is of some of this. And I don't care because it's about Captain America and I've never really liked Captain America. Yeah. What about you? Have you watched anything else? The only thing I've really watched through this week is I've I've been binging through the most recent series of Game Changer on uh, Dropout, which oh, is yeah. that every every episode is a different uh, game show thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, very much enjoying that. Uh, they had a they had a fun one that I was watching that was called Secret Santa, and the the gimmick of the game was uh, each person opens a box and there is a card inside that will either say a prize or a punishment and the other players don't know know what's on the card and through either truth or bluffing or double bluff um the other players can choose to steal the thing if they want and you're allowed to lie about what's on the card so you have to try and convince them to either not steal if it's a good prize that you want or to steal if it's a bad thing you want to get rid of uh which was a good good one to watch um they had a round of a game they've done before that was uh, that's about like acting out and um, doing vocal performances of various prompts. They got fucking Michael Winslow on. Oh wow! To to be the barometer for various performances, mm-hmm. uh, which was very interesting to watch. Uh, they did one that was basically that game from uh, Jackbox, the one where you have to do a presentation and there are slides coming up that you c- didn't get to prepare for. Uh, try and incorporate them into your fake TED talk. Mm-hmm. Uh, I- I've continued to very much enjoy this series of Game Changer. Nice. Yeah. What about you? You watched anything else this week? Uh, we watched um, some f- uh, Foo the Flowerhorn on YouTube. Uh, the um, person with all the, oh, the, the tanks. The, fish ta- uh, the, the tanks with the plants and the fishes. Yes. Yeah. And the animals and the shrimps. Oh, that was really... It's really satisfying. It's very satisfying, very mesmeric. I could just zone out to that for a while. <laughs> you really struggled to get... you Because we were watching it over breakfast and you were like, can't, can't look at food. Must find out what's going to happen to the shrimp next. Does the oh. shrimp make it up the side of the volcano? I got real fucking invested. Um, it's a great shrimp. Yeah. Oh, God. When all the, the snails hatched and I was like, no, don't poison the snails. <laughs> There's too many snails. <laughs> Over a thousand is too many snails. Yeah, because I would have completely destroyed the ecosystem. In yeah. There. So this person just makes little closed ecosystems of various... Uh, yeah, some of them are closed ecosystems. Some of them are... They'll have, like, filters and stuff in there, but they're generally self-cleaning. Sometimes you have to regulate how much duckweed is in there. Yes. That's, that's that's largely it. 
Like, there are animals that will eat the any algae blooms. Yeah. There are animals that will eat some of some of the different types of things. The... There are animals that will, will eat the other animals. Yeah, like, a lot of the thing is like, oh, well, um, at least in theory, one of the ideas was, ah, the, the snails are having a bunch of babies, let's introduce some fish that specifically will eat snail babies, but not the adult snails. Uh, like, trying to keep a sort a semi-balanced ecosystem. Yes. Um... I felt very bad when they introduced the beta fish into that one tank. <laughs> and, and ate all of the cherry shrimp. No, yeah, all of the red shrimp. All of the clear shrimp were fine. No red. No <laughs> red. I was, I was, I felt so bad. And then it's like, ah, some of the shrimp, oh yeah, the, some of the cherry shrimp survived, but they've been hiding under the volcano. I was like, ah, I, I'm rooting for you, cherry shrimp. Oh, secret volcano base. <laughs> that one cherry shrimp that wasn't under the volcano that was trying to make its way slowly across. Like, don't, don't notice me. Don't notice me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he's just, he's just set to this very... Easy to zone out to music yeah. and just hey, no words, just Should text on text on screen tell you about fish. Yeah, and I I got real invested in the plot lines. That's great. Yeah, you learn about what's going on with all the fishies yeah. and all the shrimps. Ah, uh, that one shrimp that managed to get into the top of the volcano. I'm so yeah. proud of them. And the uh, the snail that kept escaping. <laughs> Freedom! Freedom! Get back in... It's not safe out here. Oh no, and the shrimp that escaped uh, only to... Escaped the, the beta only to dry out on the side of the tank. But they got away from the beta, though. They did get away from the beta, and the, the cat sort of... <laughs> Hello, I'm in the, in the I'm video in now. Zoo. I'm not aquatic, but I'm here. Hello. <laughs> I, I very much recommend this YouTube channel. If you just... If you just want something nice to lose some time to. Yeah, you will get very invested in the, the, the soap drama that is yeah. the life of shrimp. Yeah, yeah. I This is one of these things that, the way it's described, I would have imagined, like, ah, just sort of half pay attention. No, you're going to fully pay attention to <laughs> Oh my god, what's going to happen? Yeah, yeah. Is everything okay? There's been an algae bloom. Algae bloom! What do we do about the algae bloom? <laughs> it's okay, the shrimp are dealing with it. <laughs> <sighs> Have you watched anything else this week? That's everything I've watched. Well then, time for this. Laura, Laura, we got a new sponsor. Who's our new sponsor? Well, would you like a totally legitimate place to see all sorts of media for free? I mean, that sounds very appealing and enticing. It's 100% legal. You might need to install a VPN, but it's 100% legal, De definitely. It's definitely, Wink. definitely okay, and I'm just... D installing a VPN for for, for just for the, the the fun of it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that is the Seafarers Cove. Ah, lol.net. Oh, I've heard of this one. Yeah, yeah. This you is get games and music and audio books and yeah, films. Exactly. You know, it's 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 just a place for sharing. You know, backups of things you already totally legitimately yeah. own. Yeah, unlike that terrible Sci-Hub that you should definitely not go to if you want scientific papers. Oh yeah, Sci-Hub, sci definitely don't go there if you want free scientific papers oh, for research purposes. That. that would be terrible. That would be terrible. However, the Seafarers Cove, perfectly legitimate. Everyone perfectly should, legitimate. Everyone should head there. That's the seafarerscove.lol.net. It's free, so you don't need to enter a code or anything. Yeah, just... just Download a bunch of stuff, I suppose. Maybe write in the comments that the Queer and Pleasant Stranger sent you. <laughs> <laughs> That's the seafarerscove.lol.net for all your media needs. Inside the boardroom of Electronic Active Softworks. Hi! Hi! So, uh, 
We've been releasing uh, remasters the last couple of years. You yeah, know. love all that new money, but exactly. uh, you know, there has been some reticence. Yeah, I've been seeing some people recently talking about how our uh, remasters are very bare bones. They don't really add anything. You know, we're half-assing it. Yeah, a lot of people saying, like, why don't I just get the old version? Yeah, exactly. Why don't I just get the old version off the uh, the digital storefront? Yeah. They're all still up there, you know. Yeah. It's just nice and easy, nice and easy. So, yeah. I have been thinking about how we can get people to, you know, buy those remasters still. Look, so, I don't know if we can just justify putting more money or time or effort. Well, I, yeah, see, that was my first worry was, is this going to cost extra time, extra money? Are we going to have to, you know, make the remasters actually worth the second purchase? What if we just increase the bu budget for marketing? Well, see, that's step one of the plan. Step yeah. one of the plan. Yeah. Step yeah. two, very important. We're going to ask very nicely if the platform holder can just take all of our old games off of the, the digital storefront. Right. Basically, so that we can sell them to them again as a brand new title and not have to, you know, let them buy the cheaper one that's basically the same. What if we convince them to close the entire store? Like, hey, you don't, I mean, nobody has the, 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 the third station. Yeah, no one's got the third station anymore. No one's got the third station Exactly, anymore. why not just stop them buying third station games that we happen to just so conveniently have repackaged as $80 pl uh, five station games? Yeah, we've got like a whole uh, thing that uh, upscales. It's it's automatic, don't worry. Yeah, it's, yeah. Just, it's just an automatic scaler. We didn't have to do anything. We didn't put anything really into it. It's all maths. It makes it appear on the screen better. Yeah, I, I I think I think we can uh, I think we can pitch this to them. Yeah, we're using a better general MIDI library for the music, but it is still general MIDI. <sighs> you are a fucking genius. I know. So, <gasps> what have you put in your ears? Uh, I popped a couple of bits of music Ooh. in my ears. Um, I found a track I really enjoyed that was called TV Head by mm -hmm. Elliot Lee. Mm -hmm. Um. It's a sort of spoken word poetry veers into into more rap, um, basing it in places, uh, over over just like nice gentle piano. Mm -hmm. um, lyrically, it's got some really nice stuff going on about sort of masking or putting on a brave face. Mm -hmm. um, lots of lots of lyrical imagery of struggling through static, uh, presenting to the world a presentation that's more palatable. Um, through the lens of this TV head being the performance that hides the static and chaos that's going on behind it. Mm -hmm. um, really interesting track. Um, brings in this nice little underpinned uh, drum beat. Um, as it goes on, it builds quite nicely. Um, uh, there was another track I really enjoyed that was called Playing Catch with Dot uh, 22, which I'm assuming is playing catch with uh, 22 caliber. I think that's what that means. Uh, there's meant to be a dot before the 22, but I point didn't... 22. Point yeah. 22? I guess. Yeah, I think I think that's a gun thing. Um, and also a Catch-22 reference. Yes, yes. Um, it, it's by a band called I The Mighty. It's a very fast-paced guitar track. Um, the percussion's all sort of dealt with, like, maracas or some kind of, like, uh, shaken percussion. Uh -huh. uh, it's got some violin in there. Um, really sweet emotive vocal line over it that I really enjoyed um 
all about that moment of when you like someone and you're like, do I tell them? Being a bit paralysed by, like, uh, good or good or bad, whatever their response is, I can't take it back if I tell them. Mm-hmm. Um, it was an interesting little track. Really, really enjoyed it. Um, and then the last one I, I listened to was a track called I'm Going to Tell My Therapist on You mm-hmm. uh, by Pink Shift. Um, really unique, fast-paced, upbeat rock track. Um, the most unique aspect of it is the mixing of the vocals. They sound like... They sound almost like the vocals are being played on a loud radio on the other side of a wall. Like if the if the flat next to you was listening to the vocal line on the radio. Okay, so um, band passed, so it's sort of muffled. It's like a little muffled, no a little band. staticky, um, a little quiet in the mix, um, but it, like a little distorted. Um, it's a little almost drowned out, uh, like drowned out in the mix under the upbeat, like high energy track, but in a way that feels very deliberate. Mm. Um, like lyrically, it's about sort of struggling with mental health and feeling yourself slipping away, and the 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 sound of how the vocals have been mixed definitely lends to the lyrical stuff that's going on. Mm. Um, yeah, it oh, it's a really good track. Go listen to it. I very, very much enjoyed its its vocal line, and I want to listen to it in a pair of headphones because I was listening to it out my speakers. But mm-hmm. I want to, I want to just crank that track up and have a have a proper listen to it. Got the headphones for it. Yeah. What about you? What have you listened to this week? Uh, we listened to the Batman nineteen eighty nine soundtrack while playing board games on Saturday. Yes, we did. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a Danny Elfman bit. I mean, most stuff of that era was Danny Elfman. Yeah, he was a busy boy. <laughs> um, yes, it's um, it's it's that sound. Um, it has aged pretty well. Pre- Still pretty sure that's also the Batman the Animated Series um, soundtrack. Bits of that, anyway. Yeah, that was nice to hear again. I don't know why I picked that specifically. I was just like, I fancy some Batman. Yeah. Uh, also, listened to uh, Bill McClintock's one of one of Bill McClintock's mashups. Yeah, uh, the Slave Fifty Two's Raining Lobsters. Which oh, is raining blood cross rock lobster. This was what, yeah, you were listening to this when I came to brush my teeth, yes. and I walked in and was like, "This is amazing." I don't remember rock lobster being this sort of hardcore. It's so dramatic. Raining <laughs> 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 lobsters. I recommend this mashup very well. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Mm-hmm. Um, what else did I listen to? That is everything I've listened to. Uh the only other thing I've listened to, and I will go short on this because uh spoilery stuff but i listened to the penultimate magnus archives um that was a really fascinating summation of his our our options for how the finale could play out and as i very much enjoyed that penultimate episode but it it certainly was a use of time with them only having one episode left to deal with that (laughs) and i am fascinated to see how that plays out in only one remaining episode. Like, I'm really glad we got an episode of let's talk out our options, but, um... It's cosmic horror. They might all just die on the way there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. This all... Yeah. I, I don't think I I'm don't ready. I don't think the fans would enjoy it, but... Oh, uh, it's... Yeah. As of recording this, we're like a day or two away from that finale being up. Yeah, usually the early access version goes up on a Wednesday afternoon, but apparently there's no early access because it's the finale. Yeah, that... So everyone's I was, getting it at the same time I was, sometime. I was wondering about that. I was like, please don't have an early access because I don't want this to get spoiled before I get around to listening yeah, to it. Yeah, they're giving the Patreons early access to Stella Firma instead, so... Yeah. That's 
fair. Yeah. It, it, it stops any risk of spoilage. So that's nice. Yeah. yeah I'm oh, I'm so ready to know how this ends. How will they stick the landing? Ah. <laughs> and I think also they're all a bit nervous about, like, what happens after this? Is, is Rusty Quill going to be in a bit of a drought if people don't stick around? Always a worry. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Well, you know, they have other good stuff. Yeah. Hopefully they have a good good selection of good stuff. And more new stuff to come. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much everything. Well then, time for this. I'm really pleased with this script. I finally finished writing it. Oh, I suppose you want a fucking trophy. I mean, if you're offering one. I present you this trophy for your amazing work. Okay. Bye. That's, that's very, that's very nice of you. Okay. Oh, I'm really um proud of this uh this song I finished writing. Well, daddy, daddy, have a gold star. There you go, right on your gold star, shiny in it. Ooh, laddy, daddy, done well in your work. <laughs> Actually, that is really nice. Like, it, 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 not not since I was at school have I had a little gold medal stuck on me, a little gold sticker stuck on me. That's that's real lovely. Thank you. Gold star. Oh, I'm I'm feeling I'm feeling really good about this bit of work now. It's now it's finally finished. That bit work there, yeah. You spent a really long time on. Do you want a fucking medal? Uh, yes, I I would. There you go, fucking medal for you. Ah, oh, okay. Thank thank you. Okay, um, two large carrots. Yep, yep, got those. Okay, uh. Two onions, uh, medium, chopped. Yep, yep, chopping those up now. There we go. Okay, three sticks of celery. Yeah. Uh, finely chopped. Oh, yep, I'll make sure to get yep. that really fine. Yeah, yeah there we go. Otherwise, it, it, you know, there's a risk of stringiness. Yeah. Mm, oh, Granny really did like it. Okay, so we've got a little bit of salt and pepper to taste. Okay, yep, yep. Just a tiny bit of cayenne. Mmm, shake that in there. Uh, some mustard powder. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure I've got some of that in the cupboard. Um, yeah. There we uh, go. Fresh parsley chopped. Yep, can do. Let's sprinkle that on. And a metric ton of garlic. Uh, what, sorry? Uh, a metric ton of garlic. Don't worry. Okay, if you could just back in. Wait, just back in, back in. We're not, we're not exaggerating. I'm, uh, oh, oh, that's... That's that's a me- that's not a metric ton of garlic. That's a metric ton of garlic. It's a metric ton of garlic. Okay, yeah, okay. Just into the pan. Into the, just, just the pan's not that big. It'll be fine. Okay, now stir, stir. We're gonna keep stirring. Uh, it's, it's stir just, the garlic in. It's just stir garlic. Stir the garlic in. Ah, it's just garlic. Look, this is what Granny wanted. She said if we could just make the soup to her original recipe. Okay, I'm stirring. Okay, cheers. Let's give it a try then. Needs more garlic. Questions, sir. Uh, let's have a questions. What's the questions? Uh, Tricky asks, what's your most intimidating flex? Oh. Uh, do you have an answer for this? Um, I don't know. I want to say an entire 36-piece chicken, uh, fried chicken bucket. On my own. That's an intimidating flex. Oh, oh, wouldn't want to mess with you if I were fried chicken. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, most of mine involve having eaten ridiculous numbers of things in the past. I, I don't think I have any particularly intimidating flexes. I'm not a very intimidating person. (laughs) I mean, you're an incredibly prolific writer. 
Oh, you can write hundreds of thousands of things. I think you know if someone's like, I've I am a newbie writer or just getting started in writing or I have a slow typing speed, and then you rock up and be like, yeah, I wrote, uh, knocked out hundred hundred thousand words this week for a, th- a report for a thing that I can't <laughs> talk about. <laughs> yeah, I did write like many, 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 many fucking words in a week. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's somewhat intimidating as someone who is not good with the words and not good at form getting things out of my head in that, at that speed. I, okay, my intimidating flex is I can pour word vomit out of my head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the love of plush. Oh, oh look, there's a new plushie. Oh, that's good. That's a good plushie friend. Um, if you were an anime protagonist, protagonist, what would your hair look like? I mean... I already have pretty anime protagonist hair. I have the anime protagonist hair. Yeah, I have a little b- red whale splout. Exactly. I've got I've, I've I've got blue all swept to one side with the shaved side. That's pretty mm-hmm. anime. Blue and also gay. Yeah. Um, Isaac Delgadio asks uh, if you buy a new TV and hit the last channel, where does it go? <gasps> um. I think it goes to a direct feed of you, the question asker's imagination. Every everything you're thinking is being broadcast to that mysterious channel in the ether. Anyone could hit that button and see what you're thinking. Ooh. I think it shows you the very last hour of television ever to be shown. <gasps> oh. Anywhere in the universe. Ooh. So at the very end of time. You will get to watch that last hour of television as all the news reports will be like heat death of the universe or someone I, set off the, the Negatron bomb or whatever. I think whoever's watching, it takes you to the previously on for your life. It gives you a recap of all of the plot critical moments so far of your life. Previously on you. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. And there'll be like a scene in there where you're like, wait, wait, that's that's important? That's in the recap? Is that going to be important later? Oh. These are all really good story prompts to come up with there. Right? <laughs> uh, Lucy asks, what the hell is synchro summoning and why does every Yu-Gi-Oh card have 800,000 lines of text? And why do I still want to play it? Oh, okay, let me explain Synchro Summoning. So this was the first non-standard form of summoning that was introduced in Yu-Gi-Oh! after Fusion Summoning. Uh, You need one creature that's called a tuner creature and just one regular creature. You basically... Uh, you got a tuner like a and a non-tuner. No, t- T-U-N-E-R, tuner. Right. Okay. Uh, you get one tuner and one non-tuner, and you add up their levels together, and whatever the combined number is, you look through your extra deck and find an extra deck synchro monster of that combined level and get to special summon it. It's basically fusion without the need for polymerization, but you do need to have the numbers add up. Um... It was not a bad form of additional summoning to introduce to the game, but it was the slippery slope that led to things like fucking pendulum summoning, which required them changing the entire way the extra deck worked because they broke the entire fucking pace of that game. So happy now? Synchro summoning is fine, but synchro summoning led to pendulum summoning and the... Because here's the thing... Yu-Gi-Oh! Once Upon a Time was a game that had a pace, much like, say, Magic the Gathering... Uh, your the rate at which you can get mana out uh, basically d- prevents the game from having too many like one turn uh, kills. You have a certain pace at which you can get stuff out. 
the more new types of summoning they've introduced, the more it's fucking just been like, hey, what if you could get 30 creatures out in the first turn? And that broke the game. Mm-hmm. That's what synchro summoning is. Okay. Uh, Phoenix 2. Hi, I love you. Uh, parsley and garlic butter slash mayo. Yay or nay? Uh, garlic butter? Yay. Mayo, no. May, oh no. <laughs> so, parsley goes in the garlic butter, but not the mayo. Yeah. You had no, no, ma- no mayo, please. You don't like the mayo either, but how do you feel about the parsley in them? I mean, you can put whatever you like in the in the mayo. <laughs> I'm not going to eat it. <laughs> um, a, a, a Parsley doesn't really taste of anything, so I don't tend to bother putting it in. Uh, Dungeon Owl asks, why bed so nice? I mean, that's where the warms are, and the snug... And the warms, the soft, the, the snugs... That's it's the stuffies are kept. It's a safe zone away from capitalism. Mm-hmm. Capitalism can't get you in bed. No. I mean, it will try, but you can just pull the blanket over your head and then it's gone. I'm going to put a bucket over my head and stop the thing that emerged into my head that was really dark coming out. Larry Yelling me asks, how much wood would a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck? Sorry, how much wood would a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck had a good union beside them? I mean, a reasonable amount, but not so much that they're pushing themselves, you know, to the limit in unsafe working conditions. Uh, Simon West has responded, a woodchuck would chuck as much wood as it could without risk of injury or exhaustion, and then be done for the day if a woodchuck had a good union beside them. (laughs) Yes, that's the answer. Exactly. Thank you very much. And that is all the questions. Well then, time for this. Do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Social Justice Warriors. Social Justice Warriors. Yeah. All right, Larry. All right, Barry. How you doing? Gosh. Yeah, it's been concerning. Things are concerning. Continue to be so concerning. You know what's been concerning me this week? I imagine probably concerning you too. The uh, bill that tried to get passed through the UK UK Parliament recently. uh, Yeah, the old... uh, Crime and police... uh, what's it, Bill? Yeah, lots, lots to unpick with that. Not least to say the whole thing about uh, making uh, inconvenient protests. Inconvenient protests. Yes, uh, punishable by up to ten years in in prison, even if it was a single person protesting quietly. Yes, yes. So the whole thing in there that was pretty fucking terrifying was uh, the nebulous, ill-defined inconvenient protest well that was the other thing like they talk about it as a any forms of, of protest or, or action that causes to be in, inconvenient or that could conceivably be inconvenient it doesn't yes. have to even inconvenience anyone it just could be conceived as it might inconvenience someone well it immediately made me very concerned about things like uh general strikes yes you yes. know like we've already seen that they're talking about you know these emergency services can't strike or teachers can't strike or whatever else can't strike it feels like they are really trying to erode the ability for you know people to get any change made yeah for things like affirmative action you know it's (sighs) if you're doing a protest and it is in no way inconvenient to anyone are you really doing a protest like the protests only really get anything done if they are big and in the way and inconvenient to some degree, because that gets people to stop and pay attention to them. Uh, I saw people rejoicing the other day about that bill because they were like, ah, oh, the bill, it's dead, it's dead. It's not. It's, it's not dead. It's not. It's, it's been postponed till October, but it very much feels like one of those things where they've 
dip their toe in the water, and everyone's protesting to go, nope, don't take away our right to protest. Or we'll retreat from that, but what if we keep floating it? Well, people, you know, if it just floats back up in with a different name in yeah, six months. Yeah, exactly. And they've talked about like, oh, we'll retool it, we'll rework it. But I get the very strong impression that they've stopped trying to push it through right now because people are paying attention to it. But they're going to wait until people have forgotten about it and then quietly push it through with no one really paying attention is their hope. It'll be one of those they pushed it through at four in the morning on one late night or something. Or it'll be an amendment to something else. They'll tack it onto another bill. So well, it's not I, the headline of what they're doing. I, I mean, I don't know how accurate it was. I heard someone saying that they were trying to tack uh, the Nordic model for um, dealing with sex workers yeah. into that particular bill as well. Yeah, a part of me suspects that they're going to wait for some popular bit of legislation and try and tack all of it onto that. There is that risk. There is also, you know, th- th- there's all sorts of problems with it, but it's very much, I-, I suspect it's going to be one of those ones that keeps floating back up. It's going to get lots of pushback and then slightly less pushback and slightly less pushback. Well, yeah. As m- the majority of the public get more and more tired of hearing their slightly more activisty friends having to go on about it every six months exactly and it's gonna get the you know the average person to start being like well you keep talking about this you've been talking about this for years it never happens so why should you know we we care about it and exactly and then apathy will basically be the reason it all happens exactly so like we're all fucked yeah so my point being here like hey look it's great that it didn't go through the other week when it was going to go through that is one thing that we don't immediately have to panic about but you people need to stay vigilant about this bill keep an eye open for it and keep their energy ready to keep being just as loud and just as vocal next time they try and push this bullshit absolutely yeah because they will they really will we you know they've already they've been mentioning since we left europe or even before we left europe that what if we started to take away workers' rights? And at first they were like, "No, no, we'll have we'll have this." And they were talking about taking away human rights. Um, the the uh, was it the British Bill of Rights they were talking about, and how that will only apply to certain people, uh, but irrelevant people. Yeah. So, oh, like so. What you're saying is that some people will just not have rights because you don't deem them worthy enough. Basically. Keep a fucking eye on what the UK government's doing right now. And into fascism at incredible yeah. speed. You, you, as, as, as difficult as it is, you need to stay as angry about these things uh, in the future as you are now about them. Yeah, because, you know, it might sound hyperbolic, but it is fucking scary right now, you know, the, the what is happening in the UK. Yeah. Because you know full well that, the, uh, that, that, uh, that bill about the inconvenient protest is going to get applied very selectively if it passes. Yeah, I and mean... you know the kinds about... of people it will get applied against. Well, you know, in the same week we had the... Uh, the um, the candlelit vigil. candlelit uh, vigil for, for uh, the murdered woman. And five, uh, and that was, you know... We had women being arrested. We had uh, various, you know, people being abused by the police. At an event where they were dealing with the fact that a police person had killed someone. Yeah... 
And, you know, five days earlier, we'd had the EDL getting a police yeah. escort through the, the city and, you know, just getting a slap on the wrist yeah. for being, you know, inappropriate with some passers-by. Yeah, we had the uh, um, no-mask protest in London that, again, the police largely gave them an escort. And... I believe there were 33 arrests in total, but given yeah, the state but... of that... Yeah, that, that was... And they were all seeing that as a victory, you know. Well, you know, the police were completely overwhelmed. They couldn't deal with us. They weren't even trying that is the thing they weren't even trying virtual hug yeah mate yeah could do with one yeah Uh, feel a bit tired mate might need to be same same early night nice nice so Laura <gasps> Where can we find you on the internet, darling? Laura K Buzz in all the places. In Twitter, Twitch Yeah, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, Patreon, that's the one that pays the bills. I do little sixty second videos over on TikTok. Uh, you can go check those out. Uh, I have some books. There is Uncomfortable Labels. That's already out now. It's about being an autistic trans woman. There is Things I Learned from Mario's Butt, which is an illustrated coffee table book of video game character butt reviews. Uh, there is Gender Euphoria, which is releasing on June 10th, 2021. It's an anthology of non-cis people's just positive, gender-affirming, nice, happy stories. Um, I will be doing a talk uh, in advance of that book's launch as part of Leeds LGBT Literature Festival. So keep an eye out for that. There'll be information upcoming. I will be doing a little reading and talk and stuff for that. So ooh. Uh, there's also podcasts. Pixel Squirt. It's about video game character pornography. Uh, there is uh, uh, Podquisition, where we tell you whether your favourite video game characters are great or perfect. There is Dice Funk, which is a Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Every season is its own self-contained story. I'm on seasons three through eight. Uh, season eight has just started. Uh, I think it's one of the better ones to start on. It's been real nice. Um, I forgot to mention some YouTube things. Uh, every Friday I upload episodes of a series called Accessibility. All about accessibility and representation in the games industry. And I do closed captions for the Jimquisition now. So every Monday you can catch the Jimquisition over at... Uh, youtube.com slash Jim Sterling, where about an hour and a half or so after the episode goes live, there will be closed captions. Also, I am on a, pub, a podcast with you that isn't this one. That'll be polyamory. Yeah. It's a D&D 5th edition real play podcast with questionable morals. Yeah. We do things. There will be a new episode up the day before this one out, so check Ooh. out my other SoundCloud for that. If you're listening to this on SoundCloud, I also have a musical SoundCloud under the name Bedroom Programmer. You can go listen to some of the music I make. We've got a Facebook group. Uh, got a Redbubble where I sell T-shirts. Uh, StoneMonkeyRadio.blog where I write about mostly board games. Uh, got a YouTube channel, a Twitter. I Twitch stream on Thursday nights at seventeen at nineteen thirty UK time. Yeah, caught yourself this time. Uh, I have a Patreon. That's Stone Monkey Radio. Um, for as little as a dollar a month, you can help me justify a seventy-six hour work week. I would super appreciate that. And if you can't do that, maybe give it a share. I would appreciate that too. And this is a share. Do sharing, please. Share. Share. Sharing is caring. Sharing is caring for us and the people you love (laughs) and wish to have us in their ears. Um, I think that's everything. Laura, will you sing us out, please, darling? Until next time, be a stranger. (laughs) 